0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, every week, Anton has a gardening slot and I'm very happy now to uh, to chat away now to Brian Burke uh, as the expert and uh, Brian Burke of course super garden judge, Woody's DIY garden expert and he's going to answer all your questions and the questions are flooding in isn't that nice <laughs> it's lovely yeah <laughs> now I'm a biologist so i a little bit about plants okay. not, not a big gardener, I must yeah. admit That's you're not going to get too technical on me here I, hope, I yeah. hope that <laughs> it's no. broad brush strokes broad, we go for broad, here. well they're very <laughs> important for your for mental health gardening has all kinds of benefits as well isn't there let's face it you know, it's a great, great hobby to have Absolutely. I mean, it's well documented,
1: well proven how beneficial gardening can be. Just the whole idea of creating the conditions to nurture something, to bring about growth, and to make something thrive, and to see those results, especially for kids. Yes, lovely. I mean, we're finally copping on to the benefits of initiating garden gardening programs in schools engendering that love of the organic, that love of growing and growth in 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 the younger generation. And it's a great it's a habit for life, yeah. it's a skill for life and it's it's healthy in, in so many different aspects.
0: Right. Why did you make a no mo may? So my cousin Rosie O'Neill, shout out to Rosie, she was involved in no mo may, you know the don't mow your lawn in May. Isn't that right? And that allowed yeah. wilder plants to grow. That seemed yeah, to be a great I mean, idea. Didn't
1: it, it? It, it's a great idea. I mean, again, it, it's trying to book this trend of we seem to have a need in gardening for order, for manicuring, for straight lines, for keeping everything neat, neatly edged. But we're, we're trying to get away from that generally as a, as a cultural movement within gardening. And um, The importance of biodiversity and the loss of biodiversity, the loss of ecosystems has never been in more sharp focus than it is now. And we're all becoming aware of how easy it is. Look, we're all in charge of a little miniature ecosystem, if you like. We all have, it could be a balcony, it could be a back garden, it could be 20 acres in the country. It doesn't matter what our setting, they're all ecosystems. They're all capable of providing that uh, diverse, floral diversity that insects, that bird life, that mammals, that native mammals are going to like and enjoy. And it's becoming a thing now and people are really starting to wake up to how important it is restoration of ecosystems aquatic habitats native planting native meadow species the restoration of things like vetch and celandine and meadowsweet and oxeye daisy and bird's foot trefoil all of those native meadow species that have been lost you know we're trying to reinstate them and it's an important thing because all of these all the fl- floral diversity is one thing but it's the coevolution, as you well know with the insect life the bird life the reptile life the mammal life all of these things have
0: have evolved hand in hand. So let's try and restore them. I I was horrified though. Can you imagine the lawns in Trinity? are now wilded. Isn't that ridiculous? Now, as a fellow, you can walk on the lawn. <laughs> yeah. now, mind you, I thought that was a tremendous initiative. And in the other front square, you can see oh, yeah. these fantastic wild plants growing there. So it's great to see that happening. Let's get rid of those pristine lawns that you can't walk on.
1: Absolutely. Be... But it's the, it's, the, it's the human need for order, isn't it? For straight lines, for manicuring, for keeping control. It's, it's, it goes back to the mids, the, the late 18th century, the, the emergence of imperial e- ecology. The idea that man needed to assert his dominance over nature. That's persevered since. So, we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to let nature kind of rebound. And it'll just show you how quickly nature can rebound. If you see a site that's been let go or let to rewild, it's, it's incredible how quickly those native species will reestablish themselves and nature will reassert its dominion over yeah. a space that's been left.
0: Lovely, isn't it? All the insects and butterflies and everything are there as well. Absolutely. Let's get on with the questions, though, as we're here okay. today. So, the first one that's just someone just texted in My silver birch tree is very tall. Can it be pruned back? And if so, when? From AD.
1: Okay, well, if, if silver birch again, there's 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 an issue with silver birches. People plant uh, silver birches a lot in smaller gardens. Now, I'm a big advocate of introducing trees. We ha- we tend to be very prescriptive and very unadventurous, or very scared about planting a decent sized tree in a small garden. So, I'd be very much an advocate of planting larger trees in smaller gardens if you're prepared to control them. It sounds like this situation here is just like that. So cut the leader. That will encourage a bit of lateral growth. Try and wait until it's dormant. Try and wait from that dormant period from November through to March. You can do a small bit of cosmetic pruning now with anything, with with beech or any kind of deciduous deciduous hedging or deciduous shrubs or trees you can do small cosmetic stuff now but the big structural stuff the big surgical stuff wait until it's dormant november through to march then get in there when the when the when the uh, when the tree is asleep hibernating for the winter that's the time to do it because it's on the cusp of spring when it's going to reemerge you're not going to disfigure the tree it's going to start growing and start regenerating straight away so wait till then
0: wait till then very good mm. next one what plant screening would you recommend from neighbouring countryside house both for visibility and sound reduction we're on a country lane thanks tony okay c- c- a rural setting screening um, screen the thing with screening is you want
1: something that's going to grow pretty quickly in order to give you that 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 screen in a relatively short space of time so the only way to go in my opinion in a rural setting is to go native so hawthorn blackthorn Gelderose viburnum Uh, Pepper it with rowan, pepper it with alder, pepper it with silver birch, holly, hazel, uh, dog rose, all of those things like native hedgerow. It's been well documented how much of it we lose every year due to development and due to urbanization. So any chance that we have to try and reinstate some of it is an opportunity not to be missed. So native hedgerows, it's a a unique thing. It's a unique blend of species. So if it's a rural setting, it's going to be very compatible with the overall setting and the overall landscape. So go, go native hedging. It'll grow quickly and it'll, uh, it'll, again, it will do the business for wildlife and for birds.
0: Very nice. Now, next one is, any suggestions for a good perennial ornamental grass to plant amongst flowering perennials? Okay, an ornamental,
1: perennial ornamental grass. Okay, well, there's there's plenty of choice. So you have things like Miscanthus, Carex, um, several different varieties of Carex, uh, stipa, stipa Gigantea, stipa Tenuissima, etc. But the one that I would like, I like most for that type of a situation, it sounds like flowering perennials, is a grass called Calamagrostis, and the variety is Carl Foster, as in the person's name. It's a beautiful, wispy, light, tall, feathery grass. It's one of those plants that just works with everything. It works in amongst flowering perennials, things like salvia, things like Actea, Penstemon, Delphinium, beautifully compatible in a setting like that, and will complement all of those perennials, give you that softness, give you that movement, give you texture, and give you atmosphere.
0: Lovely, yeah. Another no, texture came up. My olive tree is out of control. When would be best to restructure it? Now, there's a word, restructure. Restructure, were, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a bit of surgery on the olive yeah. tree. Again, again, you're waiting for the dormant period. You don't want to do too much structural work on any plant, and this applies to any plant. You don't want to do too much structural stuff in while it's actively growing, during the active growing season. It'd be the equivalent of someone performing minor surgery on on you as you were driving to work. You know, you're better off when you're anaesthetised, you're better off when you're in that dormant state same applies to plants. Any surgery, any structural work, wait until it's sleeping, wait until it's hibernating over
0: the winter. Right. And olive trees grow, this sounds like a stupid question, but olive trees grow in Ireland. You'd imagine they'd well, be more in the hotter they,
1: climate. They, they will grow in, in microclimates. Yeah. Uh, so we have to create a per- particular set of circumstances for them to thrive. They won't grow out in the middle of a field in Carlo. Um, but they will grow in maybe an urban courtyard, an area that is protected on at least three sides. That is that it's reflecting back radiant heat, radiant solar heat from say a masonry wall or something like that. It's typical of a lot of the way our planting has gone, particularly in urban situations. We're planting a lot of jasmine, we're planting phoenix canariensis, we're planting palms, we're planting olives, we're planting fig trees. But we need to create the microclimate for them to work. So a masonry wall, high masonry wall, at least on at least Three sides of those plants, you get that reabsorption of radiant heat, and it creates the the the, uh, the conditions that they will that they that they need. Right,
0: yeah. Now here's one that resonates with me, I must say. So a- any advice on good, easy to maintain and hard to kill house plants? I've managed to kill a fair <laughs> few plants over the years. To be honest, but any, what would you recommend there for a house plant? House plants. Well, again, I mean entry level house plants: uh, the spider plant,
1: chlorophytum. um the snake plant, Sansevieria. Um, Kentia palm, Hawea fosteriana, um, Aspidistra, uh, Ficus elastica, the rubber plant. All of these are lovely entry-level houseplants. Now, the thing with houseplants is overwatering. Is a common is a common problem so if you're if you're if you're going with some house plants a nice collection of them make sure you have a pot that drains because there's a drainage hole in the bottom of it have a tray or a saucer or something underneath and water sparingly keep them out of direct sunlight again this is a, another another issue with them keep them out of direct sunlight and keep them away from heat sources so don't put them near a radiator don't put them near a stove or an open fire or something like that so moderate heat moderate sunlight and water sparingly right
0: but here's on the water question just came in it says what is the best time of day to water? Everywhere I look for a definitive answer, I get conflicting opinions. Uh, yeah, there's, that there's, must there's, depend th- on the plant to some extent, does it? I don't know. Well, the, as
1: a general rule, the best time to water anything that needs water, the best time to do it is in the morning. There's a perception out there that it's um it's uh, the watering in the evening is is good. You're not going to kill a plant overnight by watering it in the evening, but it's better to water in the morning. The reason being, you don't want in the evening if you water, you're going to soak a plant and then it's just going to shut down for the night. So it's going to sit in that water and if you do that repeatedly you run the risk of waterlogging the root system right in the morning if you water just as the sun is coming up the the plant is going to start using that water it's going to start photosynthesizing when the sunlight comes out it's going to start using the water so the plant isn't sitting in water it's not going to be operating in anaerobic conditions it's not going to get waterlogged and it's it's better overall for the health of the plant
0: Right One more quick one I have a beech hedge that has gotten very unruly all of a sudden Can I prune it Get the pruning again Can I prune it now or should I wait till the winter the beach, beach hedge edge.
1: that's gone unruly all of a sudden. I, I I, can relate to this. I've seen, like, we've had the perfect storm over the last six weeks or so of growth, uh, conditions for growth, in that we've had a huge amount of rain and the temperatures have been quite mild. So those two factors combined to create them have created massive growth in all sorts of shrubs, trees, perennials, weeds over the last couple of months. Again... The rule of thumb is cosmetic work is okay now. Reshape it. If it's annoying you and you want to reshape it lightly, you can do it now. But structural work, wait until the dormant period, November through to March. Brian, thank you
0: very much. Thank you, you, Luke.
1: The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.